Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. And my name is Remus Aaron. I'll show you my Remus. 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 (laughs) Remus. It's my species, Joel. The movie this week was Star Trek Nemesis from 2002, directed by Stuart Baird, written by John Logan, Rick Berman, and Brent Spiner, starring Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Brett Spiner, LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Marina Sirtis, Gates McFadden, Tom Hardy, and Ron Perlman, and and, and Dina Meyer. Oh, Dina Miner. She was the uh, the Romulan, right? Yes. She was the one that seemed like she was going to be on his side, but changed her mind because his face got ugly. <laughs> I recognize the one that... That, that, was, off- the, that was the reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke they make for all those Star Wars things. Like, have you seen what this guy looks like that you're talking to about... About the powers. He doesn't look like he's doing so good. <laughs> yeah, Emperor, you seem all powerful, but like... Uh-uh. Your face is all twisted up. <laughs> yeah, talk about a completely different movie. That's one of the most disappointing parts about episode three is it's like, oh, we have to explain how the Emperor's face got that way. Can it just be that he was evil? No, no. No, it got partially melted. Like, come on. The Senate. Mm-hmm. I really didn't care one way or the other about that. It's yeah. funny because for me, I kind of... I wasn't that vested in the story initially when I was watching the prequels. My face. And I just was like, <laughs> well, yeah, evil, evil. <laughs> Have you guys seen the more, most recent Natalie Portman uh, Saturday Night Live video uh-uh. she, she posted? Alright, well, you just might want to tune in on that after our recording here. Okay. Sure. It'll make your night. It'll okay. make your night. <laughs> so this is the end of our journey into Star Trek oh. Gentrification. <laughs> and it's also... <laughs> Star Trek Gentrification. Star Trek Immigration. And it's also the end for the next generation crew. I mean, it's just it's just a goodbye. And does it feel like a proper goodbye? Uh, no. I'd have to say no, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I would like to see more of the characters, but at the same time, this was kind of more for me, because I had never seen a bunch of the movies. Yes. For me, Star Trek Next Gen kind of ended when Next Gen ended. Yeah. So this almost feels like a bonus to me, to be able to like see more of them. Right. Because okay. it was something my mom never really got that into. I'm sure she's seen the movies, but for me, it was like, it was good. I was able to get some more, some more, uh, 
little stories more of that, from little the more characters. that crew yeah, that you love mm-hmm. that you've missed other tales well we'll have to continue on to the book series now right that keeps on going uh, we'd like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you'll be listening to us as we do a live uh, re- reading of the next gen <laughs> yes. paperback series. Um, here's the adventures of uh, Worf's son, all grown up. Yeah, <laughs> hanging out with Cisco's son, all grown up. <laughs> yeah, Jake and Nog, and uh, whatever oh. whatever Worf's son's name oh, is, but but kiss. Oh man, maybe maybe they make like some some treaties with the with the Dominion, and uh, mm. uh, you know. Um, they all get bored together. They get, they get captured by the Jem'Hadar, and then they got turned into. I've, I've just like, they all become Borg brothers. I've dived so deep into Deep Space Nine, I can't come out anymore, listener. Anything's possible. Yeah, I think that Joel is on the nexus of the DS Nine right now. That's it's like the disappointing. That's another disappointing thing about this. See, okay, let's let's start over. Let's let's start this all right. over. Nemesis. Right. A lot of people dislike this movie. The movie Nemesis, as you can recall, that we all saw with each other's, with all of our eyes on the screen, um, was a movie that, uh, it was a, it was a tough movie. It was tough? Yes. Generations is a tough movie. Generations? Yes. Star Trek. I thought we were talking about Nemesis. Oh, Nemesis? The one we all saw with our eyes tonight? That's what I just said. Oh, sorry. I... I don't know why I kept thinking about the. F- it's because I said no, 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 no. My apologies. I thought we were going to go through all of the Trek movies in one. No, go no, right that's now. a good idea. Let's start over. Okay, Wrap let's start up. it. Okay, Star yeah. Trek Generations. Sure. It feels like it does feel like an um, kind of a amalgamation. What's the word when you combine two things? It feels amalgamation. Amalgamation. Am- amalgamation. Yeah, there we go. Of the older Star Trek movies going into the newer. Star Trek Generation, like, I, I, it has that touch of, like, uh, Undiscovered Country. Or, yeah. Or even, you know, a stinker like uh, The Final Frontier at, at the beginning and, and through it. First Contact feels... Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, Generations. What do you guys yeah. say? Well, I- if it's pass or fail, I'd almost <clears throat> just say fail. Okay. But I don't know if I... I don't know what the problem with it was for me. I liked seeing the next-gen stuff. Yeah. I liked their interactions with each other. I think I didn't as much like the stuff with Picard on the planet with... um Malcolm and, McDowell. Or in the Nexus with... Yeah, Mal- Malcolm McDowell. It was kind of like Wrath of Malcolm McDowell. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was the Wrath of Sauron. <laughs> Sauron. Like, like, seeing these great symbols of my childhood get crushed, like, uh, you know, Kirk dying, and the Enterprise exploding, basically. Yeah. It was a bit of a downer. Um, if this is supposed to be, like, how you're launching your, your, your movie empire, it was it was difficult for me. It was difficult for me to see these these symbols, these things that are, you know, exciting about Star Trek get destroyed. But Guinan. Uh, uh, she's cool. No, I, I'm down with Guinan, man. Like, especially that two-parter uh, with, where she's hanging out with uh, Mark Twain, dude. No. <laughs> That's not... I don't know why you keep bringing that up. Funny thing about that episode. It's a real bad episode. <laughs> why do you like that episode? Because it's so stupid? Because it's... 
the end of one season, the beginning of another season, and you can pick a stupider thing to put on. All two parters, thing. all two parters in Trek are the. This this is my imitation of the first part of that. Okay, sure. Well, Miss Guinan, I, I hear your opinion, and uh, I have to say I disagree. Oh, there's some space people, very mysterious. Yes, this is me, Mark Twain. This is me, Samuel Clement. Very mysterious. This is part two. Hey, gotta get my gold. <laughs> These space people are trying to take over America. Wow. Oh my god. It's so, it's so bad. It's such a whiplash. And like, I know it's maybe it was a year apart. I'm not sure. Maybe they, they filmed them all at the same time. But for I some hope- reason, uh, Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain, in the second part of the episode is like, well, I, I hope you understand that my adoration of these episodes don't don't necessarily make it fi- the finest that Star Trek has to offer. No, this I is just your think, favorite episode. No, no, Joel. You that's love accusations. That's an accusations. important episode, though. Yeah, because it establishes Mark Twain as an annoying mother. No, it, look, we find out the reason why Guinan joined Picard on the Enterprise is because Picard went back to the past to... All right, it's because they became friends. Their love reached across space and time. Yeah, come on. I had Everybody, the time of my life. Okay. Look, everyone finds love over Data's head. Okay, that's true. So generations, uh, middling to thumb down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to first contact. Is that the one where the Enterprise crashes? Yes, that is the that end of the Enterprise. Landing- was pretty spectacular, even though it was a sad thing. Yeah. See, I think that that movie might have the most in common with Nemesis, because we do deal with a lot of loss in both of these movies. And I was reading in the IMDb trivia mm-hmm. that the scene where the in this in Nemesis where the Enterprise crashes into the Romulan warship, sure, was done with models. Oh, that's so cool. And they filmed it upside down so that they could slow down the pieces falling oh, down nice. so it looked like they were floating off into space. This is exciting facts you're throwing at me right now. That's it's real cool. cool. Yeah. So, first contact. Uh, other than, you know, well, it's got a creepy board queen in it and she wants to... Uh, creepy or sexy? Well, both. Both. That's creepy the problem. And sexy. That's the problem. <laughs> like, a, like a Todd McFarlane action figure. <laughs> That is the best explanation of first contact I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like someone had heard of the evil queen Borg over the phone, but made her look like Kevin Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be showing a lot of skin, right? Uh, it's a Borg, sir. Yeah, but it's going to be a sexy Borg. No. I, <laughs> I like I like this movie a lot because I feel that it, it uh, uh, it, it's Picard trying to do his best to save the past, the present, and the future. You know what I mean? First Contact was a thumbs up for me. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there were a couple of parts I didn't like as much, but I think, overall, it's a more entertaining movie from start to finish. Mm-hmm. I also like how uh, 
just like Worf just, you know, happens to show up to fight the Borg and he's like, permission to board the Enterprise. <laughs> and there he is, you know, uh, back like in I the said, mix. Yeah, at the season one episode or uh, season four episode one of Deep Space Nine, you know, that's just after the Enterprise has been destroyed and he's like, there's nothing for me to do. I'm going to retire from the thing. And Cisco's like, listen, bitch, you're going to be on my space station. You might as well hang around. I apologize for using the word bitch. Uh, that's, I don't like that word. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Worf um, kicked so much ass in the first couple episodes of Deep Space Nine that he was in that, that it was like almost making us laugh out loud because yeah. it was just like. He was just like backhand smacking people down, and yeah, he was dealing. I mean, he like had the it was all he clean regulated, on, you know, dude. So, mm-hmm. He Worf had to regulate. You know, the, you know <laughs> I feel that Worf would definitely um, he would shine in an atmosphere of how shady the the uh, Space Nine is. Well, you know what I'm saying, like. As we saw in episode three, oh my gosh, he's having a little bit of a hard time adjusting since he's not the se- chief security yeah. officer. Oh, I was going to say and he doesn't Odo. really understand the way Odo's working. Let me tell you a little bit oh more God, about Joel. Deep Space Nine. Oh, sorry. Oh, You're sorry. dorking out. This is not the Deep Space Nine game. Uh, so why first contact works yeah. is because it is a direct continuation of a very good storyline from Next Generation. Uh-huh. It's made into a really cool action movie. Yeah. And it's it's serious, but not it's not like deadly serious, which is a problem it could have run into. There's there's still a little bit of like, you know, jawing poking of the elbows. Like my biggest problem with generations is a little bit too much of the eh? Yeah. It is a bit of that elbow jab. And here we are again. A bit equals a lot. Yeah. I think they're all kind of nostalgic, though. They're all kind of playing on some of the old stuff that you know. Sure. But, um, yeah, First Contact, I think somebody could watch that maybe never even saw Star Trek before. Yeah. Because of the, like, I read somebody else saying, because of the lack of time in between when those movies were made and the end of the series... It it feels like there is not a, a detachment the way that the original crew had from the Star Trek original series because those movies weren't made. What was the first movie like the early that or the late seventies, right? Or was it even like the eighties? Are you talking about uh, Star Trek the motion, the motion picture? picture. Um, it had been like twenty to thirty years. That was that was like uh, you, you 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 nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. It um well didn't it, didn't it use costuming from two thousand one? Yeah. So when yeah. did two thousand one come out? That was a sixty oh, something. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, about seventy something. I yeah. would say. That's just just lying around. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but yeah, I, I that's wish I had a 2001 space suit. I have to say, of the ones that we watched, <sighs> I love those suits. First Contact feels the least like just an episode that's been translated to a movie. Okay. Yes. Okay. No. Yeah. No. I'm I'm, da- I'm down with that. Uh. Okay. So what about uh, Insurrection then? What about Insurrection? <laughs> I de- I like it less than I did when we watched it. I have to say that, like, the more I thought about it, the less I, it feels oh, like. Maybe I just built so much, 
so much resentment for it without actually seeing it. Yeah. But the more I'm the I'm the exact opposite. I kind of liked it. Well, when, yeah, when, I, mean, I mean, you've just said you love Mark Twain in his episode, so I don't know what. The- no, 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 <laughs> no, Joel. No, it's not the best of Trek. I just really enjoy that episode. No, no, I understand. I mean, the be- that I, episode Insurrection, right? No, the, the best of Next Gen is the episode where uh, Picard has to figure out this alien's language while he well, while he, both captains of both ships are trapped on the planet and the only oh, way yeah. that is the best of trek in we my opinion we started to watch that episode right where the it's, walls fall it, down it was, well it was yeah. like the the aliens that. like the language had yeah. never been translated yes. but they were making contact and then they like transported when the walls both. fell yeah yeah they yeah, were saying that, that. They were saying that. That's probably the best Star Trek episode, in my opinion. Feeling butts. When the walls... You know what that was... Feeling butts! <laughs> you know what episode that reminds me of? That, it reminds me of that Deep Space Nine episode oh where they gosh, all get aphasia Joel. and they Everything. start saying random stuff. Everything is leading back to Deep Space Nine. Uh, I'm assuming you. that in, in your guys' <laughs> personal life, Joel's been relating everything to Deep Space Nine at this point. A lot of things. <laughs> Look, I don't have any problem watching I watched Deep Space Nine before. I'm watching it again. Yeah. It's all good. Are you enjoying it? Is yeah, Joel trapped somewhere in the wormhole right now? No, I, I'm fine with it. But I, I do wonder if Joel needs maybe a little bit more exposure to different things. I'm in the hollow suite. <laughs> I'm in the hollow suite doing one of those canoeing. Maybe projects. you should try like a Voyager episode. I like Voyager already. It's it. Like, this is the whole thing. Like, I didn't realize I was going to like Deep Space Nine as much as I did. I don't... You know what, though, we need to do? We need to, uh, for the Patreon listeners, perhaps we need to drink a soda and watch Star Trek Discovery together. Oh. That'd be a good idea. To see what our thoughts are on there. Yeah, Kai, when? Wait, what? (laughs) No, I'm just saying. I I haven't seen any yet, so I'm just saying. Maybe that's something we should do together. That would be awesome. Yeah. Or, wait, is that you talking about Enterprise? Discovery. Discovery. Oh, Discovery, the new, new, new one. Yeah, Star Trek have Discovery. I have not yeah. seen it yet. Me neither. We should do that. There's like almost a whole season of it out there right now, too. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I'm down. That reminds me of this episode. No, okay. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so, Sarah, what do you feel about Insurrection? Insurrection, you know, this is going to sound stupid, but... Um, one of the things I don't like about some of the Star Trek movies... Is like Patrick Stewart being like an action hero. And it's like, you know, I love Patrick Stewart. I really do. But I feel like he, I feel like they're like, okay, now you're gonna like kick ass like John McClane and, and Die Hard. It's so it's true. Like, it's it's it? so true. All these movies, Generations, yeah. First Contact. Insurrection, and the one we're going to talk about tonight, He, the dude's like, the rest of the crew stay behind, like, only I can take care of them. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there were situations where somebody like Worf could have been a much better choice to have to face off these people. Oh, gosh. Because um, yeah. he's a warrior. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I guess I think the thing that was always so cool about Patrick Stewart as captain on the show was that he was so diplomatic and he always tried to handle things with a level of, you know, dignity and, and peace and diplomacy, you know, but it seems like in these movies, and I get it, this, in these movies, the stuff is hitting the fan and he's got to act fast. 
But I feel like they didn't have to weigh so heavily on that, on his character, to make yeah. him the action guy. He still did a good job and everything. I mean, he's an older dude in these movies, but he still does a really good job, and he seems, you know, fit enough and stuff. But it's like, sure, they didn't have to put they didn't have to put the responsibility of an action movie on his shoulders completely. I feel like that was one of the things I noticed in Generations is how cut he was. Like he looked pretty buff. Yeah, I don't remember him looking buff. In generations, but in both insurrection maybe, and first contact, maybe it was first contact. He had the guns. Yeah, maybe it was first contact. Yeah, because in first contact, there's a lot of him without his sleeves, and he's just that's what it he's was. Just like, hey, check this out. And then in insurrection, at the end, when he's fighting against Droop, Droopy McDroop face, for some reason, he's also got no sleeves, and he's like, <laughs> ah, I will rustle you away. But this one, you notice, didn't have his shirt off any time. In fact, he made a joke about having to go to the gym. Because they're going to have to get naked in. And, uh, what's it called? Beta Z? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Got to get the, that, that Beta Zoid wedding on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, Insurrection, I think, was all right. I liked it more, for sure, than Generations. Mm. But I think I liked this one better than Insurrection, actually. I don't know. Gotta say, I agree with you on that. I definitely like this one better than Insurrection. Nemesis, better than Insurrection. I, a lot of people diss this movie. Like, I stayed away from it for a long time, because yeah. a lot of people diss this movie. I mean, it was spoiled for me, like, pretty early on, because at the time when this came out, I, I was off on a Mormon mission at the time, so uh, we weren't allowed to watch movies, uh, so, you know, but people told us about movies, and that's how I figured out all the details of this movie. Wikipedia. <laughs> well, it's pretty weird. Mouth to yeah. mouth, you know, mouth to ear. Oh, yeah, somebody Wik- passed Wik- you a note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the plot for RoboCop 3. Finally! Yeah. Frank Miller wrote that. (laughs) Never mind. Sorry. That's why there's ninjas in it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this one could have been made fun of when it came out, because there's a couple of things in it that are just so over the top. Um, Please, tell me, tell me. Well, I gotta say the costumes for... uh, the Romulan, Remulan guys. The Remus? The Remus guys. The Nosferatu Remus. Yeah, we were saying they were Nosferatu creatures, and then we found out they were from the planet Remus specifically, so they're the I, those people <laughs> were the Nosferatu of Remus. It, it, was, it was just fine. They were just late for the drag race, is, is what I'm thinking. Like, they definitely know. possessed a certain... Billy Corgan quality uh, of, uh, I don't know what era of Smashing Pumpkins it was, but uh, yeah, they all look like they were about to jam out. The era of Smashing Pumpkins where Billy Corgan was a clone of Patrick Stewart. Uh, well, all I'm saying is, is that if you put Billy Corgan circa that one music video <laughs> that I can't remember right now. Mm. Uh, um, like Ava Adore or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. If you had replaced our our actor with him, I would have been Tom Hardy with Billy Corgan. Yep. Yeah, I've seen him in concert, and there was actually a concert I went to that was for his solo album, Billy Corgan's solo album. And the stage looked like the bridge on this Nemesis. So sick. (laughs) Oh, he had a Romulan ship as a as Romulan bridge. He had a he had a a Nosferatu. People were in latex stuff. There were these. Actually, they had really cool music stands that looked kind of like they were 
like sculptures from like a Beetlejuice type oh, situation cool. that had like legs on them and stuff. Yeah, like- veins all over his head, right? Because he was sick. Oh my gosh. That's Tom Hardy. Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. Tom, the skinny little boy Hardy in this movie. The clothes that they had for the costume so for those a guys. <laughs> They were like in latex cat suits. Yeah. And yeah. I expected them to break out into a dance <laughs> or start screaming like disturbed or something. There was only one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time when somebody whipped out that, uh, that, like. They're down with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> trench coat or. <laughs> you mean my favorite part from Queen of the Damned? <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the perfect transition. <laughs> That would have been a pretty good tie-in for this if they were like showing that shit flying and then like played that. The car car just like computer play disturbed. Put on the oldies. No, I feel like some mambo. (laughs) Oh my god! Gotta say, a little disappointed there wasn't a hollow deck scene in this one. Nobody was having fun. Like, maybe in the beginning, during the wedding scene, where we get our one view of Wesley Crusher, he doesn't have a line, he's just right there on the I side. I was so happy to see him, yeah. even for a second. I was like, Wes! Yeah. What if he had come back as the nemesis? What if he had been, like, turned evil? Gosh, that would have been, like, the coolest. That would have been the coolest. It would have been yeah. a great idea. That would have been the coolest. He would know all the things he needed to know to take down. Well, it, it, it ties in the traveler, th- the the whole traveler thing. Perhaps they ran into some some evil or something that that affected him, right? And so, with all the knowledge he's gained, he's you know slowly he destroying the universe, like Maki or something like yeah. that. Like the Starfleet is not always this this good thing. Uh, 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 you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with the villain in this movie, though. No. I think it's kind of a, a interesting it's idea, an amazing idea. Yeah, and it's not against what you've seen in next gen either because there've been situations with like doubles or clones or Exactly. I don't know if this was someone's independent idea, but it feels like it must have been like a like a conversation where people were giving out ideas of what the worst nemesis could be for for Picard to have to face and this was a pretty good idea. I think so. Um Well, we learned there was three different writers of this, right? Right? Um Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brett Spiner is one of them, and you probably you get the feeling that he wanted to exit his character, which is definitely probably the main reason why people dis or one of the main reasons why people dislike this movie. And you are ca- correct. In case you didn't know, listener, I, I hope you are aware of what happens in this movie before you listen to the episode. But Data indefinitely gets blown to smithereens. He sacrifices himself to save his one and only Jean Luc. Star Trek has had so many times, though, where somebody dies or somebody disappears that they're able to find a way to get them to come back through, like, a time loop. Or so something. is that loophole. Yeah, there's always something. They or, left, I mean, they left it open even in this one, just yeah. in case. Yeah, they kind of did. They, they left really a, did. an option for, like, a Data 2. Yep. Tuda. I think... B4. I was calling him Data Beta. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, I like that a lot. Beta. Yes, yes. Data Beta. I think beta. that this beta. movie just starts off with, like, 
it starts off quickly and it kind of escalates and then there's yeah. a much pause in this movie. No, you, you, you don't really have any moment to really uh, uh, kind of reflect on the incidents that are occurring before you. Yeah, and if you're not paying attention for any minute, you might miss something that's going because it doesn't. Yeah, there's no quiet moments. Yeah. The, this movie also kind of replicated a little bit of insurrection and a little bit of uh, first contact in the sense that there's like, you know, some name drops of the Dominion mm-hmm. here and yes. there. <laughs> and a cameo from a Voyager character. My yeah. God. That, I liked that a lot. Yeah. Was not expecting because I don't know how the way Voyager ends, but apparently it ends well. Spoiled Spoilers that for me. for everybody. <laughs> To do with anything Star Trek related. <laughs> but seriously, they couldn't. They couldn't get Quark. They couldn't get Cisco. Yeah, it would have been cool to see some Cisco. They couldn't get Nog. <laughs> Captain, I'm so I'm so glad that I can be on the Enterprise. Oh boy, I'm gonna be. That actually would have been pretty awesome. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You notice Nog never uh, got any taller in the episode where Jake gets old. That actor <laughs> is in his twenties on the show, <laughs> and I looked it up. He is five foot tall. He plays a kid, though. Yes, he does. Yeah, he play- he's playing a kid, and the exact same actor is playing him as an adult. Yep, yep. Which is kind of weird. Yes, it in is. In my weird. opinion, his voice does change though when he's older. Finally, maybe. <laughs> Well, you know, some people just don't grow. Yeah, what no, can I it's, not, it's not a diss to his height. It's just a surprise. Yeah, I think the Ferengi are supposed to be smaller like that, too. It's just Quark is like a, a man size for some reason. There were many years my dad was worried that he was always going to be so short. He was so glad when he got his growth spurt in <laughs> high school. He was like, yes! Finally. Same thing happened to my brother. Well, Speaking- he skipped a year, so. I mean... My dad, very traditionally, as most nerds from his era, was thrown in lockers a lot. So he oh. was really glad. When <laughs> he was too tall for a locker? Yeah. <laughs> I was thrown in a locker once, too. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I was, was not. I, I was stupid. I basically told someone that you I could it? fit into one. Oh, okay. And oh. they were like, oh, yeah, can you? And oh. they locked me in it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My suggestion, listener, is, is gain a lot of weight. Then you'll never get locked in anything without your dis- your choice. <laughs> I was thinking something just now. Oh, speaking of short, I've gotten into a conversation with some ladies before about Tom Hardy and uh, whether or not he's an attractive guy. Mm. And a lot of a lot of ladies think that Tom Hardy is is a dreamboat. But sure. I've had some people be like, "Yeah, but he's short." And I'm like, wait a second, what difference does that make? Like, come some, on. Some people are very particular. That's crazy to me. But it's, it's, he is the same height as me. Oh, God, that's not short. He's tiny. Well, maybe some other actors are super tall or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's no Riker. How tall is Patrick Stewart? That's uh, something we'll I was up. wondering when they were standing with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was that one episode. A Saved by the Bell. Or Jesse Spano is that one short guy's trying to date her, and it's really awkward because Jesse's really tall. Which reminds me of this episode of Deep Space Nine. No, uh, oh my gosh. Man, we've created a monster. <laughs> so, I, like, I'm trying to think of, like, other things that would be negative about this movie, necessarily. I mean, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. He's five foot ten, by the way, Patrick Stewart. So one inch taller. Hmm. Well, that makes sense then. An hour by knows how tall I am. In the particular scene in question, where the B four, the data beta, says something about the tall one having facial hair. Yes. Riker looks like he's freaking towering over everyone. Yeah, I've never noticed him being I, taller than everybody That was before. the first time for me, guys. Yeah, he did. He looked bigger, too. He looked like, yeah. <laughs> hello, all these small beings that I'm around. <laughs> no wonder he, like, puts his leg over everything. Yep. Yeah. Put his freaking leg over the whole crew. Yep. <laughs> and he is 6'4". Stand in a hole while Picard stands on a box. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Picard should have just taken Riker with him to the Generations planet. Oh, they could have stepped over the tri- the, the, the I, shield. I was thinking Patrick Stewart's in heels and he's ah, on flats. Well, I feel like there's fun- there's plenty of scenes where they have like face to face conversations where they're the same height. Yeah. So was was he standing on an apple crate or something? Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's like, kind of weird. And I was thinking I would kill to see Patrick Stewart like in a pair of heels. Heels. Oh, it's out there. Sashaying on the Enterprise. Oh, I don't know about oh, on the Enterprise, but he's, he's definitely <laughs> probably out there. I wish I could have known that, Jean-Luc. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, another thing. <laughs> another negative thing about this movie. Uh, well, we, we've already talked about negative. No, it's fine. We no, talk th- about positive. No, throw it at us. Maybe we should talk about the story itself. Sure, sure. So... John Luke uh, has to go through one of the hardest things of his life, and that's giving up his 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 favorite man. It's all about him giving up his favorite guy, right? Uh, he does. He does make quite the drama at their wedding. Yes. And then and then Data sings a song because somebody told Brett Spiner, "You need to sing more." Or maybe Brett Spiner told somebody, uh, well, "I need I mean, to sing more." Let's look at the writer list again. Oh yeah. So the romance during insurrection continued until they decided to get married. Yes, that's inevitable. Troy and But he did grow that beard back. And uh, (laughs) they are on their way to Beta Z to have a nude ceremony. Yes. The traditional Beta Z marriage ceremony. They're now Mr. and Mrs. Troy. And Worf does not want to be... Uh, in the raw. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wonder if, I I mean, to be a fly on the wall in that ceremony, did he still wear the sash, is my question. <laughs> no, he can't wear anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's like, I cannot. I thought you wanted to be on a fly on the wall so you could see what his piece looked like. Uh, well, I Does mean, the Klingon piece have just ridges? Just saying, there could be more than one fly in the room, Joel, if mm. you're interested in one, one fly seeing what he's, to where what he's equipped fly with. Used to be, and the other one, yeah. Well, the thing about flies is they fly around. The way this movie begins, though, is we're in the the Romulan High Council, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're having a meeting, and they're like, "I don't want to hear no more of this." They say, "Oh," and then one of the the lady lady Romulan is like, "Oh, I'm gonna leave this thing here. I gotta go to the powder room." And when she leaves, this thing that looks well, we, like a hologram. We already know something's wrong, though, because her hair's purple. That's true. Just well, saying. a couple of them are purple. Not just saying, guys. Purple. I think that actress was the older model on the TV show, Just Shoot Me. What? What? Because there's, like, a model that got older and joined the Dina magazine. Meyer? Not positive. 
Looked like her to me. Just saying, though. That purple hair, dead giveaway. Uh-oh, uh-uh. she's up to something. Up to something. Anyways, they kill everybody in there through a special green beam powder thing. Gotta say, it was a pretty exciting light show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, if I was gonna die, <laughs> if I was gonna die. <laughs> Their reactions are all ashes. just to sit there and watch it. Yeah, no one ran away, by the way. Yeah. I was wrong. No mm. one ran away. They just like... Oh! Uh, yeah. Should we be worried? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were eventually. Yeah, they all get cooked. So I guess all the Ram- Romulan High Council is gone. It doesn't really seem to affect Romulan society. But then we find out that there is a. Oh, oh yes, the ship is taking them to Beta Z. Yep. And they get a, a like a, a signal that. Apparently is is something that the is associated with data because it's, it's like, part of his positronic mm. net, n- neural net. Right. They, they 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 they're picking up a signature reading that's similar to his positronic I neural see. net. And they go to the planet, and Picard's like, "I'm going." What is that called? The zone? Um, it's a neutral zone. Yep. But it's right on the edge right. of. The neutral zone. It's well within the boundary, away from the neutral zone. It's fine. So he, yeah, yeah, Patrick Stewart gets in his dune buggy. Yeah, that's a funny shot. His halo uh, uh, warthog. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, they just fly out of that thing. And you can tell that he's really driving it, because he's having a real good time. Yeah! Yeah, he, he was loving it. He was loving it. This away team was... (laughs) <laughs> Worf, Data, Picard? Yes, you're correct. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting mix. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's not even like, isn't it like an away team to traditionally like four people? I, I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter. But Yeah. For some reason, they had to have a dune buggy. They find pieces. <sighs> whatever. They find pieces of an android. And they toss it in a bin. <laughs> and they toss it in a bin in the back oh. of their go-kart. Mm-hmm. And then um, they find a head and they show it to you from the, from behind. Yep. And you kind of, if you've watched Star Trek, you kind of have a guess at what's coming. Mm-hmm. It's Data's head. Oh. And, and we, Mark Twain is like, hey! Joel and I had just watched the episode where you find Data's head in a cave and wonder what in the world happened. Found my head in the cave! So it was kind of a good one to watch before this. Oh my god. Yeah, we didn't know, yeah. It's, they stupidly take this Data back to the... I mean, it's not stupid to take it back to the ship, but they they activate it. You know, it's already activated, and they, they run away from our... We, we get our verse... I feel this is some pretty season one, season two kind of mm-hmm. antics here where they're just like, yeah, turn it on, flip the switch on, hook see what up, happens. Hook him up to the real yeah. data. Yeah, <laughs> see if they're compatible. Move all our data over. Let's see what's going <laughs> on. Let's guys. connect our Game Boy cables together and trade Pokemon while we're at it. Now, if you unplug it when the Pokemon moves over, that means we'll both have it and it won't mean I'll lose it like it should happen. Don't tell Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rare candy trade trick. Yep. It works with that. It works with just copying over. Yeah, man. Pokemon. We can both have Charizards mm-hmm. now. That'll be level 99 even faster. 
And this is around the time they reveal the bad guy, <gasps> which is uh, a Nosferatu comes on the screen. <laughs> yeah, this gigantic, gigantic ship uncloaks in front of them. It would they- be great if they just... just- yeah. The god! <laughs> I had him over for dinner. <laughs> well, we're being hailed, and the screen comes on, and there's just a coffin, and the lid opens, and they just <laughs> ascend up. The god! Now, what's the name of this guy? Too. I'm a Remus, Pecan! Oh my god! You look like some sort of vampire. That's an offensive word to my people. Okay, so a Remus guy who we find out was played by Ron Ron Perlman, Perlman. Aaron's oh, Hellboy actor. From, Ron Perlman's awesome. From Sons of Anarchy, uh, don't forget Beauty and the Beast, Pacific Rim, and yeah, guys. Uh, what was that one we saw recently? Oh. He's like a he's like a secondary character. Wasn't he in that fake moon landing movie too? I don't know what you're with, talking uh, about. With um, oh shoot, what one of the Harry Potter kids? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I we didn't see. It. I didn't see that. I have I want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I have an interest in it oh, as well. Two episodes of Marin. Yeah, I watched Marin. I I'm just gonna keep show. going. Didn't Ron Perlman do like a? Like a TV show recently, like a show, is it Showtime? It was on Amazon, it was called, uh... Something about God? Hand of God, yeah. That's what it was. What if God was one of us? No. What if God was Ron Perlman? Moonwalkers is the name (laughs) of that one movie, Moonwalkers. Isn't that a a Jackson movie? Like a Michael Jackson (laughs) That's, that's called Moonwalker. This one's called Moonwalker. Oh, sorry. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> My apologies. My apologies. Why don't you calm down? Oh, yeah, he was in that terrible Conan movie. Uh, terrible? Yes. Oh, the Aquaman one. Yes. I haven't seen it. Not the originals. And we got to see the Ice Pirates, any, dudes. Anyways, this guy, ice Pirates he, he doesn't really look like. Come on, Ron Perlman doesn't really look like Ron Perlman, except for the eyes, I guess. Stop uh, saying Ice Pirates. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're never and gonna this, watch it now. And this is Aaron's last episode. Disappointing <laughs> your father, Aaron. Disappointing your father. But you yeah. find out that this Nosferatu <laughs> isn't the bad guy. Yes, he's, he's, he's not just, Shinzon. He's just the assistant. <laughs> So they go to meet the guy. Yes. And the guy is kind of in shadow. Yeah, he's cut, he's walking down these stairs he's like like a, he, like a musical. On. And he when he comes out, they realize he's like diamonds are a girl's best friend. What? That he is <laughs> <laughs> that he is a human number one. Even and though this is Romulan stuff, and yeah. Number two, he's a clone of Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. From when he was younger. He cuts his hand and gives them the, the dagger the to be like, you're going to want this. Yep. Right after he goes up to Deanna Troy, it's like, this I is my first time seeing a human you. woman. And la, 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 la. Yeah, he gets all gross on Deanna Troy, and Ugh. and Riker's like, "This is my wife." Yeah, and he's all he's all like pointing at the ring. Yeah, like, he's like, "Hello." It's a good thing we got married before this, otherwise I'd have no chance. But a basically, younger, <laughs> younger Picard, 
Oh, yeah. Blown out of the water. <laughs> Younger Picard. <laughs> so, uh, I've seen pictures of Patrick Stewart when he was younger, and he does look kind of similar to the way Tom Hardy is made to look in this. But Tom Hardy definitely looks like himself, too. A yeah. younger, skinnier version of what you know him as now, but he looks like himself. And so then they're just kind of perplexed. Like, how could this guy be a clone of Picard? And why is he fighting with the Reem... The Remus, 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 Reba McIntyre. I really hope I don't have that wrong. It's just Remus, right? Remus is the name of the, the planet. Romulans? Okay. The Reems? Yes. Like, insert first in servitude to the Romulans. Apparently, they helped the Romulans during the Dominion War. I believe they were stuck in the Dilithium Mines. Right. That's where mm. he was raised. And, and that he is was where... also forced to be a soldier. Although, we didn't find out how he escaped. Or became what well, he was. Well, the Reemies helped him. The yeah. Reemies. Yeah. The dreamy Reemies. Those are his true brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those guys look cool. They do they look cool. cool creature effects. I mm. mean, not as cool as the Jem'Hadar, but, you know, oh, wait, sorry. I was kind of surprised. <laughs> Jem'Hadar. I was kind of surprised that they went for another species that was, like, next to the Romulans. Because, you know, Vulcans are already like Romulans. Yeah. And then Romulus and Remus were the twins. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like maybe they should have had a twin that was more like them. But I do like the idea of the characters and their, like, adversarial relationship with the other, with the Romulans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that I think that in these kind of stories where there's a big bad guy, they either feel like they need to they either feel like they need to have a lot of fighting and a lot of casualties, or they can do this where it's like a quiet moment and the reveal of the big bad guy, and like I bought it on this. I feel like Tom Hardy did a good job. The writing of it was unique enough that it was like an intimidating moment, and that, like, I feel like it made sense. Like, they didn't need to impress upon us how powerful he was right then. Nope. Yeah. I, I agree with I agree with you. That that it was it was definitely it was really well written. Mm-hmm. Um I'm very happy that they focused on the Romulans with this movie. Because mm-hmm. I feel that that's always kind of been like like, the number one confrontation of Star Trek has been the Federation versus the Romulans in a lot of ways. A consistently evil enemy. They never made peace with Romulans and stuff like that. That's why the Borgs work so well in First Contact, because they are just consistently evil. With, yeah. With a couple of exceptions. But as a whole, it's mostly bad guys. Well, I feel that, like, even going back to, like, the classic Trek movies, mm-hmm. that I always felt the conflict was more... Um, Federation versus Klingons versus Khan, uh, things like that. Never really touching on the Romulans. So this is actually probably the first Trek movie that that, that you get, like, you know, a Romulan storyline. Right. Which was really important in both classic Trek and Next Gen. And then in the new Star Trek movie, the newer, is it 2008 when that one came out? Yeah, the, the J.J. Abrams. Uh-huh. That's a Romulan. That's Romulan. Well, they right uh, out the gate. Right out the gate. What's his yeah. name? What's the name of the actor? Eric Bana. Eric Bana. 
That's right. It's from New Zealand. Bana Republic. Banana. Banana. I think he's from New Zealand. <laughs> uh, yes. Eric Bonner, right in. I have to sit. Yes, please do. <laughs> Call our 800 number. 1 800. Uh, that's like uh, seven ages. <laughs> That'd be a good number. <laughs> good numbers. <laughs> It's good that it's good that they would with that. Although they did play around with like introducing a new species, because I'm not, I don't think that the 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 Remos, the Remos, the, the Remos, the, the Ramas, the the Rama one halves were uh, alien characters before this. But uh, you know, there there's something wrong with this clone of Picard. He's not perfect because he's got the he's got the space poison. He's got something wrong into this DNA, which they, once again, they don't go into, as far as I can tell, exactly what's wrong with him, but he's he is slowly deteriorating. They basically didn't really plan for him to exist as, like, a long-term man. They designed him to infiltrate the Federation. They were going to clone Picard and then accelerate this guy's growth rate so that he could be as old as Picard and take his place, mm. and hopefully nobody would notice. But I think because they did that to him, that he has had some complications with his health, mm-hmm. and that he was probably going to eventually die. Mm. But that's just my guess, that he was not made to last. Yeah. It's a good guess. Yeah. I think that he needed. I didn't Crusher say that like he needed a blood transfusion of like specifically Jean Luc's blood. Yeah, um, she did state that, and and you kind of got that feeling when they when they captured Picard the first time. Yeah, in this movie, but they take a very small amount of blood for him for a reason we can't really tell. Well, maybe, they not, maybe they, they were testing each- com- yeah. compatibility or something like that, but that doesn't make any sense. Sorry to interrupt you, but they nodded each other all secretly, like, "Yeah, this is this mm-hmm. is good." Like. Go for it, man. Who nodded? Uh, two of the Remuses. Oh. The, oh, the ones wearing the white coats, so we knew they were doctors? <laughs> yeah, the, <nurse> <laughs> the smart ones. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. They had the glasses on. <laughs> Do- Dr. Feratu. Feratu. <laughs> Dr. Feratu. Yeah. So, you guys, something... I got my PhD <laughs> on Remus. <laughs> During the, my time at the Dilithium Mines, right. I also got my PhD in blood transfusion. <laughs> Only. <laughs> oh my god. I'm a very specific Remus. You're like a nurse. No, I'm a doctor. It's like... <laughs> University online <laughs> classes. <laughs> They do holodeck suites. They should totally do holodeck college. Yeah. They probably do. I I don't know why I haven't thought about that before. Simulated learning. But it's funny that I mentioned in the last one that I wondered about Data being used as a Trojan horse, which is totally what they do in this one. When they pick up the old Data off the planet and bring him up, they're basically bringing a Trojan horse into the ship. It was a virus. Mm -hmm. It was... But, yeah, anyway, there's a scary part that happens where Riker and Troy are going to sleep with each other. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. This is another thing that I would think people have a problem with. Yeah. It was a a bad scene. We get a Star Trek rape scene, essentially. I'm not cool with that. No bueno. 
I'm not cool with that either. Like, it's really awkward. It, it was weird enough that all of a sudden we ended up with a sex scene. Like, it was weird. It's it's always implied. It's it's yeah. always implied. Like in the, but in the you show, never see them like topless in bed, embracing, <laughs> yes. like and, they're about to have sex with each and other. And this time we got Riker and her, no no clothes on. Riker's on top, <laughs> and, and candles then, are there again. The space candles. <laughs> And then he gets replaced with the Tom Hardy character. Yep. He's like, oh, he'll never be able to do you as good as I can. And uh, we go we go to the other spaceship and Nosferatu's touching his head. Like, Nosferatu oh, yeah. is like putting... <laughs> Just caressing his head. Stupid. <laughs> he uses his hands to put him in a different place. Telepathically or I guess, something? I guess they're a little... They got a little in that... Beta, I don't know! Betazoid it's not too. good. <laughs> yeah, no, good. it's not It's not good at all. It's 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 a violation that is not appropriate. I don't know if they were actually having sex yet, but I'm kind of hoping they weren't. Uh, well, I mean... I, I don't really... I mean, she had like a sheet between her and, and Riker... Maybe going yeah. in, going into this. So maybe yeah, but that was like the the, the getting ready. That's the way they do it in space. There's a hole in the sheet. Oh, it's a violation either way. Joel. But I was kind of surprised <laughs> looking back at it Joel. that Riker's body was really there the whole time. Yep. And that she was like, no, 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 cool. the whole time. <laughs> and Riker was just like staying there. And like, then the guy's face is like, no, I'm going to be with you. Like, like. And then it became, Riker's like, like oh, I love it when you yell no. <laughs> like, Wait a second, Riker, you could have gotten up. This is, this is time to stop, buddy boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no means no. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, but I no, do think. No, no. <laughs> that was a difficult was- scene. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what the purpose it served, other than just to gross everyone out and <laughs> to like show that this this young Picard is evil. Like, I, I, I yeah. don't know what the deeper meaning behind you know space influenced bat creature mind rape. Yeah, and then later yeah. Beverly Crusher's like, "Well, according to the scanner, you're fine. Sorry." Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, straight up, pat <laughs> her on the back. You'll be fine. Like, she has. <laughs> To be relieved, she has to be relieved of duty, oh. and Picard's like, "Nope, denied." Request denied. Oh, and I'm like, "Dude, she's she kind of she in an emotional state right now." She was saying that she needed to be, uh, yeah, relieved of duty because she was compromised. But well, yeah, maybe she just needed a little time off, buddy. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, I was surprised by him saying. Denied. Request denied. Request Sorry. denied. Sorry, sweet cheeks. <laughs> he may try to do it again. There's no guarantee. You need it. Yeah, and next time it happens, <laughs> we'll be watching. <laughs> we'll jump in. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Stop him. And from- spo- spoiler for later. I mean, she uses this power to so that they can pinpoint where this this cloaked ship is. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good idea, but just like, like I gotta like, wonder. It's not bright enough. If, but like an insurrection, this is like problems with continuity issues because this warship is firing all its weapons while it's still cloaked. And well, hold on, I, but this thing is supposed to be like the the hot rod. Of, I know. Of, 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 so I'm just saying, maybe that's one an exception. Perhaps something that's been. 
uh, yeah. tested and improved in, and the, it in the cloaking can, technology. It can be explained away like that, but I do feel it might be kind of like lazy writing on the part of the writers because there were yeah. there were things in Insurrection that they like referenced that were not true. Like the biggest point is like uh, Diana, Diana Troy's like. I never kissed you with my beard with your beard before. Oh. It's like BS. That's happened a bunch of times bunch on the of show. Time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And there were other other bits like that. Okay. Fair so enough. It just might have been an unimportant plot detail, but I can imagine being a Star Trek nerd like the rest of us and flying off the handle. Fair enough. Uh, I I'm just saying perhaps there was just. Tiny holes. No, no. I, I can't believe I'm a cloaking device apologist here. But, like, you know, maybe there were tiny holes in the cloaking device yes. for each of the guns. No, no. That's, I mean, that's as good as an explanation as any. <laughs> Why not? I felt like the reason you weren't supposed to fire when you had a cloaking device on is because that would give away where you were. Yeah. I'm going to agree with her on that one. What I understand is that they cannot, like the cloaking device cannot be functioning at the same time as the shield or the weapons. But that didn't seem to be the case in here. That's why, like, it's kind of a double-edged thing. Like, yes, you're invisible, but you're also incredibly vulnerable. Makes sense. I could totally be wrong. Somebody write in. Tom Hardy, write in today if I'm wrong. I'm waiting for your phone call. Ron Perlman, you know where I am. When are you going to call me back, man? When are you going to call me back? So, yeah. So we created a monster. So Picard, <laughs> Picard gets kidnapped because it turns out that data monster is, uh, that, that beta data is a trap, like you said. And they bring the beta data back, and they somehow beam Picard off, even though the sh- oh, well at that time the shields were not up, so that's fine. That's another thing that they do. Oh yeah, the shields were no, 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 no. I thought, I thought that Picard said, "Don't raise the shields when they first appear." That is, that is, yeah, the, is that correct? the first time they get teleported yeah. off, he gets teleported off. The shields are not up. Yeah. Later, the shields are up, and there's teleportation that happens. Mm. But once again, that could be an advancing of the technology. I'm not sure how that works, because DS9 does some stuff like that, where it's It's, not really talked about. The the science of Star Trek seems so bendable to the plot most of the time. Yeah, but it's, it's fine. Just like the Prime Directive. But it turns out that wasn't before he got beamed over. Data pulled a fast one on him. Oh, yeah. The real data switched with the beta data mm-hmm. and went back in his place. And he was pretending to be dumb. Can the real beta please, beta data please stand up? Yes. No? No? What, what if it had been beta data at the end who <gasps> went over and did Whoa. that thing? That's not what happened, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Whoa. Alternative. Yeah, usually they have a way out. Yep. And that's another thing that I think people have a problem with. Not only that they kill Data off, but that he jumps out of space and, like, flies towards a spaceship. I thought that was a cool scene. That was cool! <laughs> people have problems with that? I think so. I, think, I mean, because it, it is kind of dumb, but I don't care. It's also cool. Kind of dumb. Just not there. Have a problem with it. Just not there. You guys, I saw you rolling your eyes. I know what's going on. I think my mouth was agape as I was watching it, pretty sure. In in First Contact, they float around to do that other stuff outside. Well, I'm glad that Data got to do some cool space travel. 
I had no problem with Data in this movie, even when he was singing. Whoa. I didn't have a problem with him in the last movie either. Insurrection? Mm-hmm. It was even basically when he was singing? Basically only Generations. Oh, he then. was pretty annoying in Generations. Yeah. yeah. This is emotion chip, and, and somebody was like, get rid of that emotion chip. Okay. It didn't even come up in this movie at all. I think he removed it. I think he removed it. He blew it. it out of the sky. <laughs> Pull. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, data wasn't a problem for me. I understand that the actors may have wanted to not have to keep doing it after a while. They yeah. they had honored yeah. the show enough and they've done they had done four movies. Like I can understand kind of wanting to move on to other things. Of course. Um, absolutely. But And he's had a brilliant career since Star Trek. I mean Brent Spiner was in uh Well I'm sure he was in some stuff. I don't <laughs> Uh, I believe he was the voice of the Joker for one of the mo- more recent Batman animated movies. Oh, good. Movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in the um, the Independence Day oh, yeah. Resurgence or whatever. Yeah. Oh, he, I haven't seen the second one yet. Yeah. He, he shows back up. Yes, he does. Cool. I, was th- I still thought he died Mm-mm. in the first one. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I kind of need to see that movie now. No. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, that's why I meant by kind of. Yes. Some little bit, maybe, maybe. Mm. Well, you know, it's always podcast fodder too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if anyone actually really likes that. Movie. No, it's good. It's good. Good, good podcast fodder. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about anything? Nemesis. <laughs> I'm kind of, kind of running out of things to talk about. Well, okay. Just... All right, things we can talk about in this movie: knife play. We definitely like Sarah mentioned. Get some action, Picard. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, um, no one else on the ship can. Do any action. Yeah, they're not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Riker, Riker goes down to maybe have a fight with the Viceroy when the, you know, during the climatic space battle. I, I thought those space battles were pretty cool. Yeah. You know, with the, especially when those other Romulans showed up to help. Although I still don't understand the turn because that lady was there from the beginning. Like, like she, she's the one who set off that, like, that's, super bomb. That's what I'm saying. And then she was I just like. I thought that was a different actress. Eh. No, it was it was it was definitely that lady. I think um I think it's a little bogus. Uh the reasoning being that that they feel like he was weakening and that, I mean I don't I don't really like, understand fully lit- understand literally but, weakening. I don't fully understand Romulan culture. Right. But I mean, I got to say their planet is like an active volcano to begin with, so maybe the strongest survive kind of darwinism sort of thing is like very prevalent in their society. So like, when they saw him with like veins Showing up all over his forehead, that was a sign that they were like, "Yeah, it's like Mustafa." Maybe they were like, you know, we heard this guy tried to like rape somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a big no-no. Like, no. Actually, we're not on culture. his side anymore. I don't think so. <gasps> I don't know, but I'd that like to think Romulans were against that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to think Romulans are against that. They probably, I mean, like you can think about it. Logically, from a Romulan point of view, he's not even one of them, anyways. He's just yeah. like their their greatest weapon. Oh, good point. Also, has a great weapon. Like so, that's the whole thing. Is so what you're saying is is that I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what you're saying is is that perhaps they were planning on turning on him, anyways. Oh, sorry, that was your interruption. Uh, I no, not necessarily, <laughs> but maybe they they just weren't weren't happy with him pulling his. Uh, 
you know, like, you're going to have to respect me now. Mm. Okay. Yeah. He's trying really hard to show his dominance over the Romulans. Right. Because they made him grow up inside (laughs) a dilithium mine. That scene where he's like, maybe we'll talk about respect, uh, you know, next time or whatever. And then the video ends and somebody literally goes, what's wrong with his face? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's something I've said to Sarah a bunch of times when we're watching things because I'm a jerk. So that person must have also been a jerk. Or maybe it was concern. I don't know. He looked ill. Yeah. They may have been like, is he ill? You know? I'd be interested to see if there is an actual, like, illness that, like, makes veiny things appear on somebody's skin like that. Because that's, that's like a standard for movie, you know, movie illness. Like, that happens to Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie when he, when, uh... What's his name? Uh, does the paralyzing thing on his ear? All of a sudden, he's got these veins coming oh. up on the side of his head. It's like, what? What's going on? And there's other things that are that I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's it's just like, oh, we got to show he's getting sicker somehow without, you know, because uh, it's it wouldn't be easy enough just to go from you know audio cues or whatever. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure much about the advanced aging of clone. Uh, of your clone, my clone slowly getting pastier and more Billy Corgan and suddenly <laughs> kind of turning into Mr. Freeze yeah. from the Batman Forever <laughs> movie. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just... I've I have I've only seen a clone of a sheep and apparently uh, Barbara Streisand clones her dogs. That's, that's all I know about cloning. You've seen a clone of a dinosaur. Yeah. In Jurassic Park. Yeah, and the dinosaurs are just kind of veiny to begin with. So Colonosaurus Rex. Colonosaurus Rex. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just a million bucks, Joel. That's a Simpsons, just that's a Simpsons joke. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like Billy and the Colonosaurus. Colonialism. No. <laughs> I do like that That even though Beverly Crusher doesn't get to do anything, even though Worf, uh, Worf gets the short shaft for sure in this movie. They don't even like... He's not even a joke the way he has been in the last three movies. Like, there's yeah. there's been lots of, like, joking at Worf's expense. He didn't have any prank pulled on him this time. Nope. He got to fire the gun from the back of that, oh. that sand speeder. Yeah. And he went, Space guns. He went head on with the uh, the stormtroopers when they, they got onto the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. He was shooting them down. I feel like in this, the the thing that they give you is that Picard facing, like, his nemesis would be, like, himself if it, if he was, like, evil. And I think that's cool. And I like the dynamic between him and... I like the chemistry between him and Tom Hardy as, like, two people talking to each other. Yeah. And Tom Hardy's like, I had a really terrible life and this is how I turned out. And you can tell that that Picard is thinking maybe I might have turned out bad if I didn't have everything I had in my life. But he wants to see the good in him because he knows that they're similar. Yeah. And he says, you know, maybe I can convince you we're mirrors of each other. Like, you know, the bad guy tries to say, you're a mirror of me. This is like your darkest stuff you're seeing. And he says, well, I'm a mirror of you too. So there's possibility for, like, good in you. 
And he tries not to have to kill him, but I think that uh, the bad the bad Picard is uh, <laughs> the Tom Hardy character is so mean and so bad and does so much violent stuff to the ship that they eventually decide they have to kill him. There's no way around it. Yeah. And it, it comes down to it at the end there. Yeah, when it finally goes down, Picard is so affected by it that he becomes immobilized. Yeah. Like, he can't even do what he intended to do, which was to stop this super destructive weapon from destroying everyone else. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a... It's kind of a crazy scene. Like, I, I feel like that nothing has really broken him before. Like, even the Borg... Mm-hmm. Who destroyed like his his uh, idea of self didn't hurt him as bad as this did. Yeah. You know, that's that's good. The potential of him doing wrong, yeah. wanting wanting to wipe out anyone. Yeah. I think it scared him too. This is how yeah. far I could have gone. I think too that you have to acknowledge like. That the older you, the older and wiser you get, the more you realize that everybody is capable of doing the wrong thing or the right thing. And I think that that is something he struggles with. That, you know, he sees that he's still capable of doing the wrong thing if it were the right circumstances. Yeah, I think that the, the relationship between them is kind of, scares him and at the end he's like i'm glad we were together when this happened he says that to picard yep and he's just stunned by it because i don't know after he does that messed up thing where he pulls himself farther onto a pole Ew. it was very uh lord of the rings moment for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when the yurikai yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. The, the person that wrote the 2008 Star Trek must have watched this and went, yeah, a major event earlier in their life could have changed them. Shay, what if I killed off Kirk's father early on? And then it didn't really... <laughs> no, no. It didn't really affect Still, Still became a Federation yeah. officer. He's a little more gung-ho, but not really... I like the new Star Trek movies, and my mom likes them, too. I feel like that's enough legitimacy for me to be like, okay. Yeah, I'm fine with I it. S- the- I saw the Abrams movie, like, five times in the theater. The first one was good. It was good. It was, like, a good action movie. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't... If they had done, like, tried to make a Star Trek movie with a brand new crew, it wouldn't have gotten as much traction as this did. Like, making it... An alternate timeline where it's the original cast, you know, recast. That that was the right move to do, you know, when it comes to box office and numbers and representation and yeah, that kind of stuff like that. Like you've already got established characters, so you could keep, you know, their attitudes something like the characters originally would have been. Well, as soon as I win the lotto and I have all the money, I'm gonna contact Wesley Crusher. And we'll make the Wesley Crusher movie that will detail uh, his day-to-day life traveling with the Traveler. I guarantee somebody with millions of dollars has already tried to hit him up for something like that. There's so many fan films. Like, I was just looking at, like, 
other, you know, former Star Trek actors and other things that appeared in. There's like Star Trek of gods and men. Like that's something that comes up all the time. And you see it's got a big old uh, check off like right there. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh, it's me. I'm starring in my own, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. And other things like that. It's like, what are these things? Are they canon? I guess not. I guess it doesn't really there's, count. There's, one, there's more than one dude out there who's created the, uh, the, uh, the bridge. Yeah. In their garage. Oh, absolutely. They had one over there in the fairground that one year. So sick. That they had the, uh, oh, the C4? That, that weird convention that exact, what, it was only lasted two years, right? Yeah. And it bl- imploded. As it should have. The movie was awesome, though. It was, like, it was action packed. And I liked it. I was a bit sad with the ending. Yeah. Understandably so. It didn't really close any doors, though. No, no. And that's kind of a... I feel like that's kind of a... uh, The open, closed ending kind of thing that they did. I think it's... (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, they should have had the the cojones to, like, no, Data's really dead. Yeah. Or somebody else, you know. Like, as as far as this going, Riker's got his own ship now. Apparently, there was a deleted scene where Beverly Crusher was going to leave the Enterprise also to, like, just join Starfleet Medical Academy or something like that. Yeah. And so, it's a, you know. The band's breaking up, guys. Yeah. But, there I mean, I don't think any of the other original series movies had finality. You know, it took generations to finally do something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I think, uh. And, and like Sarah mentioned, that the uh, Abrams movies were pretty awesome as well. So, I mean, Trek's always going to have some potential, I think, for more box office movies in the future as well. I, I don't know, though. My fan fiction ending is that uh, Tom Hardy had relented and with the help of Starfleet become Picard Jr., and both of it, it, it so, so Picard can look I at know, him. I was Pic- picturing that. Picard can look at him and be like, "You're my number one." <laughs> no, he would have joined up with with Tom Riker. <gasps> oh, and that Tasha Yar. Uh, whatever. Well, why did Why didn't Picard just contact Tom Riker? To, you can be my new number one now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like- and that guy's kind of a dip. <laughs> <laughs> About it. There's like two datas now. Other you is kind of a dip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Other other you join the Maquis momentarily. I know. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I uh. That's my fan fiction, though. Is that Picard and Picard Junior. Uh, go out in the galaxy together? There's- I yeah. I imagined maybe them putting like. Picard into Tom Hardy's body <gasps> and having him like reboot as being Picard captain <sighs> and stuff. And then. It's not too late. And then I thought maybe they took the blood so they could reclone Picard again. Oh man. You know? Because they took that blood from Picard. That's right. It's so a, they it, could technically clone him again. It's a story stolen from Star Wars with Luke Skywalker or whatever that clone of Luke Skywalker was from the extended universe. Mm-mm. 
Uh-uh. You're getting no it now, more. Joel. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, if you want to go down that path, then Luke falls in love with a computer, and the computer turns into Mara Jade, right? Or whatever. What? <laughs> no. no, I'm thinking of a, a couple different storylines. I was going to say, Mara, My apologies. Mara Jade was just... Yeah. She was a person. Yeah. She was a person who doesn't exist anymore. That was a different America. So, yeah. Anything else on Nemesis? Not really. I, I very much enjoyed this month, this trip in Star Trek. Me too. Yeah. It seemed like the listeners also enjoyed it. I hope you guys did. It was a lot of fun. And it was also... I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into uh, some other stuff, though. You know, back back to the uh, more variety of things. But I'm going to keep watching Deep Space Nine. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I'm enjoying it, Joel. I'm enjoying it. You're enjoying my nerding out? Well, you, when you drop these little hints in, through Facebook Messenger every now and then about where you're at. Yeah. And D- DS9, I'm, I'm, it, it brightens my day. Well, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. I got to go back. Yeah. He doesn't truly know all the continuity. I need these essential Dr. Bashir episodes. Jeez. It's essential uh, Quark's brother. There you go. Now we're talking. Quark's brother's Quark, yeah. You need all the essential Quark You gotta learn about Prophet, Joel. The Adventures of Jake and Nog. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, next week is Sarah's pick. I know she hasn't got anything picked out yet, but we'll see that. And then the pick after that is a listener pick, the movie Battle Beyond the Stars. I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. It's a Roger Corman classic. In the meantime, I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from Star Trek Nemesis from 2002, as opposed to the other Star Trek Nemesis. Nemesi. That's not, that, that's a joke from a different movie. I get it. Anyways, hey listeners, if you got a suggestion or comment, write in to please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star and or written rating on iTunes. And uh, if you are interested in donating a little cash our way, we'd really appreciate it. We recently got a donation. From Mr. Pat's there uh, in Florida. And thank you so much, Scott. That was great. Thank, thank you, you, Scott. That warmed my heart. I almost started crying. I was so overjoyed. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dream of it. Thank you very much, Mr. Scott. Yeah, that's at uh, ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. Check out the other awesome shows on our podcasting network at eartrumpetaudio.com. This week, I'm going to talk about uh, a couple of our new shows. We've got a new show that's all about some guys playing D&D called They See Me Rolling on the latest episode. Uh, It's in the the middle of a storyline. As far as I can tell, they were all animals. One of them was a toad that was licking different things that were poisonous and it was bad, but they were fighting enemies. At the end of the fight, he tries to eat one of the enemy, but he can only fit half of it in his mouth. It, it, it's really funny, okay? It's much funnier <laughs> than what I'm saying. Uh, they see me rolling. The He-Man podcast by the podcaster Grayskull. They talked about the episode, The Time Corridor. Are you familiar with that episode, Aaron? Uh, the Time Corridor? Corridor. Corridor? Mm-hmm. 
where they Skeletor goes back in time 3,000 years to before Castle Grayskull was even made to try to change the timeline and they have to go back after him. Is this where the famous gif of of uh, Skeletor walking into the mirror and then smashing it behind him comes oh, from? Oh, I have no idea. They don't mention it on the episode <laughs> if they do. It does no, have- that, that is a great image, by yeah. the way. That's one of my faves. It, it has the... Uh, the <laughs> he's, like, he's like, peace out, you know? Skeletor. <laughs> Reaches back out and smashes the mirror. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so good. I don't know if he's going through time. He might just be escaping from uh, from peril. Boudoir. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, by the podcast of Grayskull. And another one that just joined us is a, is a podcast called Can We Cult, where they talk about cults and and things like that. They just talked about the ne- new Netflix documentary Wild Wild Country, which is about a cult that was in. Portland or not in Portland. It was an Oregon area. And it was really, it was really cool listening to these ladies talk about it because one of them lived in the area and it was like this, like this boogeyman thing for them. But for the rest of the country, it didn't really seem like a big deal, but she could talk about like the, the, she talked about the personal experiences of like seeing this person that like led the cult on in this documentary. And it's like, I'm literally looking at the boogeyman. And it, it was just a really interesting opus episode. I, I'm subscribed to all these now. How fun. Uh, it was Can We Cult. <clears throat> and all those are available at EarTrumpAudio.com. Cool. All right. Now it's tons of time. So you better have a lesson for Nemesis. The movie where I imagine James McAvoy in every part. No, just, just in the uh, Tom Hardy. I learned... That if there's a really popular science fiction um, uh, video game franchise that just happened to start up a little bit before your movie, mm-hmm. you might as well ape on some of that technology from that. So you might as well include, uh, I don't know, Picard wielding phasers and other weapons, dual wielding weapons. Well, or we got a warthog. The warthog and, and the ghost as well. Yep. The, oh the, yeah, they definitely have a ghost. Remuses apparently like to fly in small spaceships that can fly through corridors in their space. Yep, they look like... Yeah. They like to fly indoors. <laughs> I don't remember what the name of the enemy in Halo 1 was, but yeah. Not not the Flood, the other enemies. But Oh yeah. yeah. It definitely looks exactly like a, a ghost from those and then yeah when they're he's dual wield he's doing it looks like a sniper rifle in a different one it's like going on there and then his shield is going down he has to wait for it to refill no wait that didn't happen yes usually during those times i accidentally hit the the other trigger and drop a grenade right next to myself <laughs> and then you die i'm not a very good halo player and then you die oh that's all right i haven't played halo in a long time any of them. I still remember that shield noise when yeah. it's going back up. Cortana. Did that set off anybody's phone? <laughs> or no. Or Mac? Cortana? No. That wasn't a Mac thing. It was a Windows thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sarah? A lesson from Nemesis. My lesson is um, if you're near... The Romulans, it's probably too close, even if you're in the neutral zone, to just kind of not go there. Because you might be in danger. 
And, the um, neutral zone is where the Romulans are, right? Well, the neutral zone is supposed to be the area of space between where the Romulan Empire and the Federation space is. But they always talk about how they don't want to go to the neutral zone. The neutral zone is supposed to be neutral. Yeah, it's like but, a demilitarized zone. But anything goes there. Oh, yeah. okay. And you could get in trouble with some stuff on the fringes. Oh, that's where Triker and and uh, and Troy got or Triker, Triker and Troy, Triker, Riker and Troy got married. He's Mister Troy now. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, if you combine their names, right? Triker would yeah, that be the that would be. I mean, like you Tro- know, Troyker. What's their celebrity federation? Couple name, yeah, it's it. It's, um, it's da- Data LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be um, so. Stay away from Romulans in general. Uh, check, double check. D D will. <laughs> De- Deanna, Deanna Will Willianna Will- Will- <laughs> That does that sounds like something else. I don't I don't think Deanna was a good one. And my other my other note from this episode is your worst enemy is probably part of yourself. Yes. <gasps> Whoa. It's like, like looking in a mirror. Yourself. Because I think that uh, a wise person knows to look at themselves, too. Yes. And I think Picard knows that. Yeah. What's that 90s alt-rock song about uh, my own worst enemy? <laughs> Lit. Lit. There you go. It's no surprise <laughs> to me. I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Because every now and then Tom Hardy kicks the living Mm. (laughs) Perfect Uh, That's a good lesson My lesson is that you spent two The last two No, no first, First contact and this one Teasing us with Voyager characters And you couldn't give us a Voyager movie Shame on you. That wasn't a lesson, Joel. I think that was a... um... My lesson is never inflict... Never... Never... Never (laughs) say never. I'm so tired. Can you you formulate your criticism into the form of a a lesson? (laughs) (laughs) This is like a... Jeopardy or something? Jeopardy response. (laughs) If you show me... Wesley Crusher... In the beginning of the movie, he must become the deus ex machina at the end of the movie. That was, that would, thank you. That would have been good. That is the, what is it called? That's Chekhov's, Chekhov's phaser. (laughs) That's beautiful. We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks thank you for listening. for listening. This has been fun. Thank you, Joel, for w- your word poetry. And thank you, listeners, for listening to us. Bye. Live long and prosper. LLAP. Mm-hmm. Profits. <laughs> Latinum.
EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Hehehehe. <laughs>